Welcome to Shelf Life from Bristol Libraries. I'm Catherine. I'm Paul. And I'm Sean. This is a podcast about libraries, books and people. What are people taking out of the modern public library and what are they giving back? Who's keeping the shelves and spaces between them vibrant and full of life? Plus, we'll be delving into news about books, authors and events across Bristol's 27 libraries. So if you're interested in books or in people, lend us your ears. We hope you enjoy this episode of Shelf Life. Right, so welcome to Shelf Life. Paul and Sean, how are you both doing? Hi Catherine, Um, I'm doing good, thanks. I'm good too, thanks Catherine. In this podcast, I'm really excited to share an interview I've had with Pravanya and Naz from Babasa. Babasa are a Bristol-based youth empowerment group whose primary aim is to give employability opportunities to young people from disadvantaged backgrounds. You spell Babasa B-A-B-B-A-S-A. Last October, Babasa had a really cool project called Our Bristol, Our World, and that's one the interview centres around. Brilliant. That sounds great. But before we get to that, what have you both been reading lately? Um, I've been reading a lot lately. I was sick for a week and could do nothing except read. So among other things, I finally finished Life After Life by Kate Atkinson. Ooh, um, hooray! <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I really enjoyed. The um, the main character is reliving their life repeatedly, a bit like Groundhog Day, or it's a bit like Sliding Doors, the way different decisions and experiences can impact on your life. So yeah, I love the writing and looking out for the connections between the different lives and maybe where the same character pops up in different contexts. So that was really cleverly done, I think. So I enjoyed that. The book I read recently that had the biggest impact on me on how I see the world and how I see the place my place in the world was Natives by Akala. So that was recommended to me by the African Caribbean reading group that was running for a while at Junction 3 Library. It's part memoir, part history. So for example, he talks about the way he was treated at school and as well as the way he was treated, the way that the history of the British Empire, for example, was taught. So he then links that through to looking at that history and how it's perceived. So that gave me um, some perspective and context and made a lot of connections. And again, for me personally, like I'm a similar age to Akala. We were both born in the 80s, but growing up in, in very different settings. So it was useful for me kind of seeing some of the similar events that happened throughout my childhood, but like Um, through his eyes so through a lens that's quite different to my own so that sort of helped me that was a useful way for me to like examine my own privilege and so on and maybe it sits somewhere between like Rennie Edo Lodge's book why I'm no longer talking to white people about race and then with the more historical bits that reminded me of John Newsinger's book The Blood Never Dried both of which I thought were fantastic books as well. So, and despite it having very heavy subjects, it was very readable and energetic. I also recommend his YouTube channel, which is Akala's Great Reads, where he recommends different books that he liked. And we've got a lot of them in the library. So yeah, I recommend checking that out. I've also been listening to a lot of audiobooks on BorrowBox and RB Digital, uh, which bring me lots of joy. Anyway, Sean, um, how about you? Uh, I'm reading A Little Life by Hanya Yanginghara. That was released in 2015 and it has a really challenging subject matter, but it's still really popular. Um, The book centres around four young friends in their early 20s growing up in New York and each character has vastly different personalities which are shown 
you know, by their actions in the book and their reactions to just life in general. And there's one character who's my favourite, whose name's Jude, and he has a particularly tragic upbringing. And the book dives into his current character as a result of his past. And I've read this book before and it made me reflect deeply on how a person's character is and that we don't really know what's happened uh, in a person's life despite what they tell us sometimes. The book's quite graphic in scenes so I wouldn't recommend it to anyone who's squeamish or easily upset though. On a lighter note I'm also using Borrow Box to listen to the e-audiobook of Holes. Uh, this is a far more light-hearted read despite the subject matter which is a group of young offenders who have to dig holes as a punishment. What about you, Catherine? I have been doing a lot of comfort reading recently. So I'm afraid to say that I have actually put Hilary Mantel on hold for the time being. No. Um, so it's still it's still kind of on the go. I'll come back to it um, when the time is right. But um, with everything that's going on at the moment, I just felt like I needed something a bit lighter and a bit easier to read. Um, so for comfort reading, my favourite go-to author is Marion Keyes. So if you've never read any Marion Keys, I really honestly feel like she's kind of like a modern day Jane Austen because her observations of men and women and relationships and families are just so sharp and so detailed. So yes, yeah, so I've just read her latest novel, Grown Ups, um, and loved it. Um, it's quite complex. It's all about the complications of families. There's about a thousand different characters in it, but they're all wonderful. And it's a lot about love and grief and relationships breaking down and being rebuilt so yes I really like that and then I've also just read uh, it's a similar kind of book The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary and I really enjoyed that too so I read this over the weekend mostly whilst sunbathing in the park and it was just the perfect book for that the idea the kind of concept for the book is that there are these two characters Leon and Tiffy and they share a one-bedroom flat which is due to the extortionate costs of renting in London. Yeah, so they're, they're sort of literally sharing a bed and sharing a flat because he works night shifts and she works sort of a nine to five day job. Um, and so they are sharing this flat, but they never actually meet. And so instead they write each other notes um, and post-it notes. And it's kind of about how their relationship grows from there. So it's, um, yeah, it's just a really nice read. It does have a bit of a darker side to it as well, though. So it does, it's not all kind of light and fluffy. It sounds a bit like a rom-com the way I've just described it there, but it does actually have a bit of a heavier side to it. And it does go into a bit about um, uh, relationships and emotional abuse. So it is a little bit little bit heavier than that. But basically, if you love, if you like Marion Keys and Jojo Moyes um, and those kind of books, then you'll love this one too. Brilliant. So now it's time for the library update. So we're really excited to be hosting a Drag Queen Story Hour on our Facebook page soon. This will be an online story time session with Miss Ada, who will be reading some picture book stories for us. A few years ago, Bristol Libraries was one of the first library services in the country to host drag queen story times, and they were so popular. We're delighted to be hosting their session online whilst the libraries are still temporarily closed. There has been a huge surge in demand for books on anti-racism. And in response to this, we have increased the amount of e-books available on Libby including extra copies of Rennie Edo Lodge's Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race, which is the book you were talking about before, Paul, but also other titles, including How to Be an Anti-Racist by Dr. Ibram X. Kendi and British by Afwa Hirsch. 
There is also now a shelf on BorrowBox called Black Lives Matter for audiobooks. There is a little bit of a wait for some titles, but you can reserve a copy and it will automatically download when it becomes available. Another update that I'd like to add is harking back to episode two of Shelf Life, where I talked with Elsie from Wessel about the peer support popular culture group that we were running in the library. So that is now up and running again virtually. So we are doing it as a phone conference every two weeks so that it's accessible to those without internet or not confident online. So all you need to do is phone in. So that's for people who consider themselves disabled. So if you or anyone you know would be interested in that, you can call me on 0792 053 6936. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And then we can talk more about how you can get involved in the group. Sean, um, before we get started on the interview, can you tell us a bit more about Babasa? Yeah, of course. Um, essentially, Babasa is a group that gives young people in Bristol employability opportunities, pairs them up with professional mentors from chosen industries, and puts on skill training programmes. The word Babasa comes from an African dialect and it means ordinary citizens coming together as a support bridge for those in need. So Babasa are acting as a support bridge for young people who want help in their careers. Exactly. They're a really friendly group whose ethics line up with Bristol Libraries. We'll definitely post more information about them in the show notes as well. They sound great. Shall we have a listen? Hello, Pravanya Naz. It's great to be speaking with you both. I'm looking forward to interviewing you both today and finding out more about the Batters, our Bristol, our world project that happened in October 2019, as well as the project that was planned for later this year, but has unfortunately been cancelled due to coronavirus. Naz, you're going to tell us more about being a trailblazer and previously being part of the Babasa placement programme. So first off, would you like to introduce yourselves? My name is Naz. I was a recipient of the programme, essentially. So they had work experience placements available and I wanted to get involved. So I emailed, I emailed them and then I just became part of all this really cool stuff, really. I'm Vanya. I'm the outreach and engagement leader with Asa. My role is basically sort of going out, finding young people and bringing them in and supporting them with the programmes and things like that. So a lot of it is just like going out onto the streets being like, hey, Come and join Babasa. Uh, but it's a really fun, really great role. You get to be out and about a lot. I go to a lot of schools. I get to meet a lot of really great young people. Um, it definitely, like, I definitely think I have, like, one of the best roles because you're, you sort of are always reminded of why you're doing it, why you're working. So in the introduction of this episode, I gave the listeners a brief overview about what Babasa does. So it's a youth empowerment group focused on employability opportunities for people from disadvantaged backgrounds. Pravanya, can you tell us what the Our Bristol, Our World project is? So we have our challenge programme, engaging young people who have aspirations and the ambitions and sort of want to make a difference. They want to make an impact in their community um, and also are looking for like connections and opportunities. Yeah, so it's about engaging those young people and they become youth ambassadors. And there's about 15 of them and they'll work on a project, uh, usually the delivery of an event. So the Our Bristol, Our World was one of the events that they worked to deliver. And the aim of it was that it was a big youth conference. And the idea was that, so what the what the youth ambassadors did was they went around the whole city, they ran focus groups, they got surveys in basically on what, what young people wanted 
across the whole city. They took that and they made it into a manifesto of demands. And then at the youth conference, that manifesto was presented to a lot of professionals, city leaders, young people. The question put forward wasn't, what do you think about this? It was, what are the solutions? How do we reach these goals? How do we get these demands? So that was the focus of the conference. It was solutions. It was solutions focused. It wasn't about having a discussion or anything like that. I think a lot of the times there are panel discussions where everyone's on there and they're like, yeah, we've got to help young people. We've just got to help young people. And they like sort of go away, pat themselves on the back and nothing happens. So this was very much about like, let's actually make stuff happen rather than just talking about it. Solutions based is the way forward. Yes, 100%. But um, I think my favourite part of the project was um, the build-up working with the youth ambassadors because we ran weekly sessions with them. So it would be, um, yeah, so we'd be running those weekly sessions and you getting to know them, finding out what they're interested in, hearing their opinions. Like, hands down, the best part of all the Challenge Programmes events that we do is the build-up and working with the youth ambassadors. That's always the most fun. So, Naz, you're a trailblazer for Babasa and you took part in the placement programme. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me how you got involved with Babasa? So I got involved, you know, I think I got involved in quite, a, quite an unconventional way because I just saw an advert on Facebook saying, <laughs> we want to give placements to people at Icon Films and Plimsoll. If you're interested, please just email us. So I thought, okay, I'll just email them. But um, what I didn't, I think at the time, I didn't realise how big Babasa actually was. It, I mean, I didn't realise how much support they would actually offer. A few months, it happened so quick. A few months later, I got a work, work experience role with Icon. Um, I was just following the runners for a week and just seeing what they did. And then a few months after that, they had, so both Babasa and Icon informed me of a, of a job, job interview opportunity. So I kind of went, went in for that. Then I got a runner position like a few months later, which is really cool. So Pravanya, we've previously called Naz a trailblazer. Can you explain what that means? It's someone who's gone through the programme sort of is like exemplifies Babasa's three key values, like Mm. imagination, determination and kindness, who is like willing to be a role model for like other young people in the community. Because that's the big thing is like lack of role models, lack of seeing people who are like you, who came from where you are and are doing well. Um, And that's what the Trailblazers is all about. It's all about being those role models. So what was your favourite part of being a Trailblazer? It sounds like you've had a great time. Yeah, no, I've had a really good time. Uh, Let me think, my favourite part, to be honest, it's just meeting other people. I I think it's just making the connections, which which is what's been really nice, just meeting meeting other people who are like you. When you're going into certain industries, it can be very white, it can be very upper class, and like, just, just realising there's, there's other people who are like you, just trying to also make a difference. That's been my favourite part of meeting other trailblazers, for sure. The project Our Bristol, Our World makes me think of ownership of Bristol, and it really makes me wonder whether young people feel like they own the city's libraries. Because in comparison to other age demographics, young people visit libraries far less often. Do either of you feel like you own libraries? And um, what do you think needs to be done to make them feel like they're yours? I feel like I like in my head I'm like yeah that that's my space that's mine but I also at the same time I wish that it I wish it could be more my space like I feel like I want it to be mine but I'm always that there's there is a, like a bit of a barrier in the way in that thinking about the future of libraries as well like is it a place where you go in and you like look at a book and then you sort of and then you leave or like you work silently there or can it be more of a space to like meet and gather and discuss ideas mm-hmm. and 
and you know and like really get into literature and like what's really great about literature is how it is timeless and can appeal to everyone yeah so I think I think we have to revolutionize libraries a little bit make them more useful to the new generation but I think there's I think that like at its core um libraries Um, are really great yeah yeah um, yeah, I was just going to say, adding on to that, I completely agree with that as well. I think libraries can be really inviting. And I think, like, because obviously you have to be silenced and, you, you know, you have, or, or quiet at least, I guess it can be quite hard for young people to think, oh, that's a place where we can hang out. And to be honest, now I think about it as well, because you need a library card, even though it's quite easy to get one, I wonder if sometimes if that puts people off, just being like, oh, but I've got to sign up and then I've got to, like, you know, I've got, I've got to fill out some, maybe, maybe some paperwork or, some, or something like that as well. So I wonder if that makes it less accessible to young people because now we're, we're used to signing up quickly on our phones and we are, we're used to signing up for stuff like just, you know, using autofill and that sort of thing. I wonder, I wonder if you could have a space in a library where you didn't need to sign up for something. You just, it's just a general hangout area mm. where people could just come in and work, not necessarily feel like you're overtaking that space even if you didn't have a library card so I think that could be something to think about but I always feel quite comfortable in libraries to be fair I I always feel you know I find books quite calming and like good I'm really glad that's what I want to hear (laughs) yeah I I just think it's the ease of like you can just go online and order a book or you can just go online and like download it onto like an e-reader yeah. like that like it's it's very easy to have get access to books and I think libraries before were meeting the need where like it wasn't easy to get access to books yeah and it was like a great equalizer which was so amazing like because it meant that everyone could just have an ac- access to books and I think that's what's so special about libraries is it like it took knowledge and it made it and it meant it meant that like anyone could access it like anyone could borrow it and it like and that was so great and I think it still can have that role. Like it can still be that great equaliser. Mm. It's just about thinking about what, what it needs to be equalising now. So maybe it's not access to books anymore, but maybe it's like interpreting those books and book recommendations and like, and maybe it's like access to like literature and that like whole like literary elite thing that you get like in universities and things like that. But maybe through libraries, it's a way of other people to access literature and, to discuss books and understand them and engage with them and on like another level and things like that and be recommended new things and stuff like that so it sounds like you want more book clubs yeah yeah basically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I love book clubs always I'm a fan of book clubs yeah <laughs> getting back so in late April this year you had your first ever online festival called skill swap yeah Pravanya can you tell us what this was and and yeah. whether there are any more similar events planned or in the future after this current situation no definitely so um skill swap was basically we were planning our ask about me event which is like an intergenerational networking event where we get 100 young people and 100 professionals and they all mix and that obviously like turned into like a description of something you should not do during lockdown or during covid so we had to cancel it like 100 people meet strangers eat food like share together like it was like yeah not gonna happen so instead our youth ambassadors who were planning that event had worked so hard on it like we're fully committed to it they'd done so much and it was really devastating that we had to cancel just because it meant that they didn't get to do an event anymore Mm -hmm. so skill swap was a way of sort of taking the essence of ask about me the idea of mixing and sharing ideas 
um, sharing skills really and like taking that and putting that online which is where it came from it took place over two days the idea was that during the day we'd release lots and lots of content so the youth ambassadors made a lot of content they made how-to videos they wrote blogs and they did a takeover off our social media as well so they were in charge of the social media and then in the evening we would have a live event so the first live event was an instagram live on creating online content with izzy frank who was amazing um she's like worked for buzzfeed in the past things like that and the second live event was a coding workshop which was super cool as well really great and our final live event on that same day as the coding workshop was a q a with marvin reese um, yeah. yeah and that went really well as well that was really great so yeah so we had these three live events and like lots of online content and things like that so that was basically what the festival was it was about using our our online platforms in a different way and trying to engage young people in a new way and like provoke thought and things in a new way uh that was a sort of launch pad and a sort of experimental thing where we tried out a lot of different things and based off that we're going to be launching Babasa TV um, and the idea of Babasa TV is it's going to be three key pieces of content to start with. Uh, the first is something called Let's Talk, which is going to be a digital discussion between our trailblazers and between community and city leaders mm-hmm. on like certain topics. So the upcoming one is Does School Work? Sort of looking at the education system and thinking about does it work and thinking about what the flaws are and also what like a really great experience at school could be like. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to run fortnightly with lots of different trailblazers hosting and lots of different perspectives, hopefully. Then after that, we're going to be introducing Starter Up, which is one-to-one interviews between a professional and a young person sort of looking into that industry, exploring it a bit further. And then we're going to have our live workshops, which are basically just going to be workshops and all sorts of things. We've spoken to a lot of people on like what they're looking for. So stuff on enterprise, stuff on tech, stuff like the coding or new things as well. Maybe more focus on employability and future planning. So all sorts. Yeah. So we're launching Robasa TV and the launch date is the 12th of June. And 12th of June. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So before I wrap up the interview, I was just wondering whether either of you have a good book recommendations that you can share with our listeners. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, I've got loads. I've been reading quite a bit recently in this lockdown. So I've been reading some Murakami. Every year or so, I reread Norwegian Wood. It's just basically talking about a memory, essentially. The whole book is just about one big memory. I feel like every time you read it, you sort of think think back to the first time you, you read it again. So you're sort of, you're in a memory, but you're reading his memory. And it's like, it's some it's big meta thing, but like, it's really enjoyable. Norwegian mm-hmm. Wood, I recommend. Quite racy, but good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good stuff. Also been reading some Franz Kafka as well. His short stories are absolutely mental. I recommend those as well. Just a lot, just a lot of fiction, really, just because it's quite nice to kind of escape during a lockdown, isn't it, really? Yeah. 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 Vanya, what about you? I like got really into World War One, like the history of it. Not oh. like the war side of it. I'm always scared that people are gonna think I'm like a war reenactor person. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um but um but more like the soldiers' experience. And then when lockdown hit, um I felt like there were certain similarities obviously and they've always they keep comparing them as well although they're very very different like war and pandemic is incredibly different but there there are things that ring true which made me like even more interested in the soldiers experience and also the similarities to how we treat how like 
the public treats soldiers to how in World War One to how we treat like NHS staff and doctors and uh, like key workers mm-hmm. like the whole like oh they're so brave and clapping for them and but then not really like are we actually supporting them which is very much how soldiers are treated as well so I got really into that so I would recommend like the regeneration trilogy by Pat Barker which is oh. like really really great like really beautiful writing um and then also I read The Sea the Sea recently by Iris Murdoch and that's just like really gripping really funny um and like like a very fun book but also like quite poignant because there were bits where you were like, oh my God, like this is deep. But it was, it was really good though. It reminded me of like modern day culture where one moment you're like, oh my God, that's so deep. And then the next moment you're like watching a meme or something like that. <laughs> you're watching like some crazy dog do something. And like, I, but that's very much what reading it felt like, like going in and out of, um, of being like, oh wow, profound to being like, oh, gossip, I love it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for talking with me today about the no project, both no of you. Um, Thanks for having us. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Bye. I love doing that interview with Pravanya and Naz. They were such energetic people to talk to. If you'd like to get in touch with Babasa, that's B-A-B-B-A-S-A, you can reach them on babasa.com or Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the um, at sign Babasa Hub. Or you can email Pravanya individually by uh, contacting engagement at byep.org.uk. And that will be in the show notes. So going back to the interview and the discussion around libraries. So it used to be the, the case that libraries were silent spaces, but this really isn't the case anymore, I don't think. Um, and we've even got stuff like performances and theatre tours and that kind of thing under normal circumstances in libraries now. We're kind of moving towards them being more social spaces. And as Pravanya was saying, I sort of see that as a way that libraries can continue to be equalisers as libraries change and society change. And you can just go to those spaces just to hang out, even if you're not a member. But listening to that discussion did make me think, well... I think we need, do need to do a lot more to make it really feel like that and to actually make it feel welcoming to everybody and actually make it feel like a space where people would want to come and hang out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think there is more work to be done there. What is this week's library treasure? The library treasure. This week's library treasure is Press Reader. So this is our digital resource for reading newspapers and magazines. Uh, you can download the app or you can sign in online with your library card um, and then you can browse and you can choose from thousands of magazines and newspapers. They've got regional, national and international papers on there. There are also papers available in other languages. So this is really helpful if you are, for example, using lockdown to learn another language. I've got a few friends that are doing that at the moment. So yeah, so it's kind of helpful to read as much as you can in another language. And you can also browse by genre. So if you want to see what magazines there are available for like crafts and hobbies or food and drink, music, you can have a browse on the app. So I've actually been reading BBC Good Food magazine for baking inspiration. And I've also really liked being able to download the Sunday supplements to read at the weekend. Have you had any particularly good bakes recently? Yeah, I did. I had apples that needed using up. So I made them into applesauce and then I baked. It was um, really, if I do say so myself, it was really good. It was a 
baked apple and date flapjack. It was nice. Okay. Yeah. And you can almost pretend that it's healthy because it has some fruit in it. <laughs> um, Sounds good. I think that's everything for this episode. If you'd like to get in touch, you can reach us on the usual social media channels and using the hashtag ShelfLifeBristol. We'd like to give a special shout out to Will, who's a library assistant at Avonmouth, for his work helping edit this podcast for us. Also, huge thank you to Dan Davies for the theme tune and to Ollie, a library assistant at Knoll, for the transitional music. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Shelf Life. Please subscribe, rate and review us wherever you listen. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at library.ideas at bristol.gov.uk. Or find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Bristol Libraries. We hope to see you again for the next episode of Shelf Life.